Ah, crap. I didn't want to have two podcasts in a row where I had to come on here and give a notice, but in this one, I have to apologize for sound quality. So, Aaron King's a moron. Uh, Last time we did a podcast, two podcasts ago, we recorded it live, and so I was on the other side of the table here in our studio. And so I turned my mic around this other direction. And so as you can hear, my voice quality just changed completely as I'm talking to the back side of the mic. Well, the mic was facing me the correct direction there on that table when I came back the following week to record the next podcast. Well, I foolishly left the mic facing that direction. I moved my pop filter over, though, but I forgot to turn the mic around. And so what you're hearing is me projecting so loud that the mic is picking me up on the other side. It's a little weird, it's a little bit odd, it's kind of okay, but you're going to notice it completely. It's going to be obvious, and so I apologize for the sound quality from that, but know that the podcast is really fun, I really want to keep it, and so we're just going to go ahead with it. I apologize, this is Aaron King's fault. What an idiot. So let's get to the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brennan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you will get out there too and have a photog adventure of your own. It's episode 36. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Hi, guys. Oh, man. Episode 36. I keep saying this the last few times, but honestly, I'm really excited for it to hit 40. I just feel like yeah. that's a milestone, a big one. Yeah. Not just an age like me soon, but... <laughs> And 40 weeks of podcasting. Yeah, we might as well throw that out there. I'm turning 36 later this year. And you're turning 30 what? 40. Oh. In December. (laughs) But I got got until the end of the year, baby. That's right, HB. That's right. You'll get there. HB. This is something him and Jeff came up with last weekend. (laughs) Yep, HB is his new nickname, and we haven't told him what it means, but it's not offensive. If, If it's any consolation, it's not offensive. It stands for huge brain. <laughs> no. Huge bladder. <laughs> Definitely not that one. Oh. <laughs> I'm never going to guess. Oh, I feel like I should tell you now he just because. Because the more I, I guess, I, the more he wants to tell me. I know because you guess huge bladder. It's hamster bladder. <laughs> hamster bladder. <laughs> <laughs> the nickname was hamster bladder because we were making stops all the time. We would leave the gas station in Escalante and go into Escalante. Like 40 minutes later, and we'd arrive and Brennan would be like, okay, I better go off and go to the bathroom. It's like you just came out of the bathroom, got in the car, drove 40 minutes, and you're back at the bathroom. Because the whole time during that 40 minutes, I'm drinking something. So my bladder is constantly <laughs> filling. I stay high. I, that's the thing is on trips, I try to stay as hydrated as possible because it seems like every time I go anywhere, I'm like always got like chapped lips. Like I'm ne- like I'm, like my body's telling me, you need to hydrate more. And I'm like, I'm constantly drinking. Why are my lips getting chapped? So frustrating. I told Jeff I was going to try and last a month not telling you the nickname, <laughs> but I didn't make it. Jeff is now laughing as he <laughs> listens to this. I hope he has some coffee. Like here doesn't laugh enough as, as already. take. Hamster bladder. Oh my gosh, it was so funny That's when he said good. he's like yeah. he's like a hamster bladder. HB. <laughs> we started calling you HB. I'm the pretty rest sure of the I trip. drink a lot more than a hamster does. So welcome to episode thirty six, everybody. We're really really excited about being here, and right now we are admittedly behind schedule. Yeah. Oh man, sorry we're we're behind. We're catching up. Oh, it's a very overwhelming right now, but we're getting there. Yeah. We are definitely getting there. Been a wah, wah. Week yeah. for- when I get sick for two <laughs> weeks, I have bronchitis right now. And I'm not coughing as bad as I was, so I don't have to sit here and down cough drops the last, like I have the last two podcasts mm. I recorded. But man, I'm just not there yet. After about 7 o'clock at night, I don't have much of my capacities with me. So Well, and our last weekend was a three-day adventure, too. That's, that's kind of rare for us to go out for and three And I got dust days. pneumonia from it. Yeah, Ugh. it was crazy nuts. So we'll get into that, but first we want to give a big hi and thank you to our patrons. It is very appreciated. Everybody, we are humbled by your support. There's a bunch of you that are excited about what we're creating and willing to be excited enough to high-five us with $2, $5, $15. We even had some people donate 15 and you guys are amazing. Just thank you so much for buying into this. Thank you so much for the support. It gets us really humbled and excited to continue doing this. And it, if anything, it makes me sad that I'm behind on the podcast from Monday because these guys, I owe them. And, and it's great 
to have that support and we thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts we are excited to grow it and we thank you guys for being the first the pioneers of the founders of photo founders adventure of this. yeah thank you thanks guys really appreciate it and if any of you are on the fence right now thinking about it just go to patreon.com photog adventures and read what we have there watch the video listen to the podcast where we explain the vision we have for the future maybe you can catch the fire and join us yeah absolutely so where are we going to go, HB? We went to the Grand Staircase Escalante National Park. Yeah, monument? the Grand Staircase Escalante area. It's a national monument. It's a national monument. Yeah. Yeah. I think what I realized is the difference between a park and a monument is the parks actually have like the box you pull up to and pay them to go into. Whereas True. a national monument, it just it's just it just seems open. Like I don't even know where the visitor center is. I know Escalante. there's cost if you go to Natural Bridges National Monument, but or is there it a monument or is it an actual park? It is a monument. Hmm. So there's not a gate blocking you, though. And parks, they did have gates typically blocking you yeah. going in. Yeah, that's what's, inter- that's what's interesting. It seems like there's a there's some kind of significant difference between those two. I'm sure and maybe maybe, maybe um, Natural Bridges charges because they, they paved that road. That's true. And maybe they're just asking for people to pay so they can you know pay that road back because it's not cheap. To build a road. I kind of wish Escalante would ask for money now. Escalante has zero paved roads. And so it was just crazy. If we left too early in the morning to drive on that road, I lost my will to live. I mean, we kind of depressingly got through it. (laughs) Later in the evening or after some certain events, we'd be really excited. And it seemed like it went faster. But sometimes the 53-minute drive from Devil's Garden out to Dance Hall Rock was a nightmare. I just, I was just... I was depressed. I was depressed and discouraged the entire drive. Just I couldn't wait for us to get off that washboard crap. Well, yeah, because the washboard road lasted like an hour to yeah. get from one end to the other. It was just crazy. Ugh, and so of course, all the cool stuff we wanted to go to was deeper in the park, right? So we had yeah. to drive that hour. So referring to that crazy dusty road, as we were heading out, the very last time driving that thing. Oh, yeah. Going out to the main road felt so nice and smooth. We're almost done. It's We're almost home, yeah, it felt like. Yeah, it's like, okay, we're off the road. We're <laughs> on a smooth road now. And all of a sudden, beam, beam, flashes, left tire low. And you actually and I'm like, what? felt a difference in this one. Yeah, and I'm just like, okay, something feels a little weird. So maybe maybe oh, the tire man. is low. So we pull over <laughs> to, the, to the gas station, the first gas station, which is literally like three blocks from that exit. Yeah. So we pull in. We get out. I'm looking at the front tire. I'm like, it looks fine. And I look at the back tire, and then I hear it. <laughs> it was not just And we're flat. watching it, it in front of our flat. eyes get flatter and flatter. And flatter. I'm like, that's a big hole. <laughs> By the time Jeff walked from his truck over to us as he watched it, he could see on his face and what he was saying. It's like, oh, oh that's a problem. Yep. As it just gets lower and lower and lower till the hubcap is it's kissing t- the ground. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, yeah. Then we had to find out if they had an air compressor. And they're like, no, we don't have one. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, this is obviously not going to hold air. So let's get get the spare out. And we had the adventure of the new Photog Adventure awesome vehicle. How's its spare situation go? If you guys watched her Into Space video, you saw how we had a spare Full that was flat. Spare, but it was it was lo- it was low. It wasn't <laughs> flat, but it was low. Mostly. It was like, what, five yeah. pounds of pressure. Yeah, it was pretty Pretty much flat. So we had a flat tire that was destroyed, but then our spare was flat, so we couldn't use it. And so how did it go for our new Photog Adventure So the new vehicle has a tiny little spare. That's ridiculous, too. It was ridiculous. I think you can probably max speed at like 35 miles an hour. (laughs) And And we're talking compared to giant tires. And we put that on, and I could feel it, and Jeff's like, that's low. I'm like, yeah. And and he's like squeezing the side. He's like, yeah, (laughs) this is not going to It was low again. So this is also oh, low. We can't buy a nice tire and so for spare. I'm gonna, I'm going to have to buy a full size spare for this vehicle because it's just so much more convenient to just oh, pack one yeah. on and keep going at full speed. And so that'll be the next step for that guy. And I'm gonna, but the the Ooh, test yeah. will be to see if I can crank it in the same spot as a as a little dinky spare. Yeah, because yours hangs out underneath. And it goes underneath little, the bumper, uh, cable back that you bumper. tightened and held yeah. it up in there. So what I'm so the, the test is can I put a full size under there? So I have to test it out later. So. We don't have a compressor at this gas station, so some kid gets on an ATV and drives down the street to get a compressed air, uh, basically a can of air, but it's like a giant mini, like a, I don't know, maybe 20 gallon, not even 20, no, sorry, it's like a five gallon. It was like a five gallon air air tank, basically. Yeah, exactly. So we got that, put some air in it, and then then we drove to the tire shop, which luckily was only like two blocks away. Yeah, it was nice enough for Jaden to go and get the compressor so we could drive, (sighs) and then he guides us to the tire repair place, which was. 
two blocks. It was yeah. awesome. And then, so thank you, Jaden, for jumping on your ATV and uh, getting us uh, hooked up there. Yeah, thanks, Jaden. We started getting our tire fixed, and we heard Jaden's name being mentioned again. <laughs> and apparently, the guy who's helping us fix the tire, his name is also Jaden. Now, it's not just a crazy Escalante <laughs> thing where everyone in Escalante is named Jaden, but it sure was coincidental that the two guys, the two high school kids that we met, now Jaden just graduated. The other yeah. Jaden, Jaden too. <laughs> Jaden to the tire shop graduated. <laughs> he just graduated so on done. Friday, so now he's done with high school. He's want to be called the high kid school kid. This kid might have been a sophomore, junior, maybe. And he had a shirt that said "Will lift for tacos." Will lift for tacos. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll do some weightlifting for you if you have tacos. So uh, that was pretty awesome. And he did, did a tire patch, and they got us back on the road for only thirty bucks. So thirty awesome. bucks later, I thought this awesome. was going to be incredibly expensive. I know. I was. I was. I was. I was bracing myself to spend like one hundred fifty bucks, right, for a last for a tire minute emergency tire. Repair. Yeah, and a tire that wasn't going to match, and all this other crazy stuff, right? Yeah. So, man, it was awesome to get that done for thirty bucks. We had a good lunch while we were waiting, and yeah. it was just great. So. And that was at the very end. I mean, that cursed road that I hated, that I was depressed on halfway through every drive at we went through end. it. the very end. It had to do one last slap to the face. And the hole was like as big as a pencil. Yeah. So imagine a pencil going all the way through your tire and back out. It's like, what rock did that? <sighs> and it, I was avoiding rocks like that were tall that I could see for a reason. Yeah. You know? Daddy drove over and a And then, nail. of course... I don't know what it was. And it wasn't stuck in there still. We have no idea. No. It's just crazy luck. We're on our way out of there, ready to drive home to barbecues on Memorial Day, only to spend three more hours in Escalante. So it took us three more hours. Yeah, we were three hours late coming home, which yeah. put us back in traffic heading home. So that <sighs> was awesome. Yay. And you got but to ride the back At route. least it was cheaper <laughs> than I expected. That's always yeah, nice. Yeah, it was. So Down in Escalante, we went to multiple places. Let's just quickly summarize where we went on this okay. trip. So we started out with Devil's Garden. We got there the night of Friday. Saturday morning, we took off to Peekaboo. We would try that, but that didn't quite work out. Right. After that, we took off and did some location scouting at Dance Hall Rock. Right. If you know that area, Dance Hall Rock, almost at the very end of this road, long trip out there, mm-hmm. awesome place. After scouting Dance Hall Rock on Saturday, we, we went for the sunset over at Sunset Arch, which is mm-hmm. a 40 mile drive. You just kind of come out this 40 mile road and it's close to Dance Hall Rock. It's just a, it's just the last left turn before Dance Hall right, Rock. Right. So if, you, if you're there, you know the area, you go down that left turn and we go to a parking lot where you can see the arch from the distance. You have to hike out to that one. So we hiked out to Sunset Arch. There's Moonrise Arch right there. We spent the night there for the Milky Way and then we slept at Dance Hall Rock to wake up the next morning to be ready for the Milky Way that night at Dance Hall Rock at that famous spot. If you guys seen that bowl in the sandstone where it goes down deep, that pit, and there's a tree growing out of it, and people see the Milky Way behind it, this is that area. Mm-hmm. So we had the Devil's Garden, captured some awesome tall sandstone features. We also went over to Sunset Arch and Moonrise Arch yeah. and Dance Hall Rock. Yep. That's all the places we went, right? It is, and uh, it's crazy how much time we filled going to just those three locations. It was crazy. Yeah. Absolutely. We went back to them in the daytime. You know, we went back to Devil's Garden because we got there at night and went to back to the daytime to see. And it was really cool to walk around the daytime. My arms got super burnt. Oh, and yeah. So, I kept long sleeve shirts on, so ooh, I didn't get as burnt. It was yes, nice. My, my, my farmer's tan is in full swing right now. So <laughs> we got a great start for the summer on that. Awesome. And we actually went out there with Jeff Peterson. Jeff Peterson was showing us our location. He's a fast driver. Yeah, he's a fast driver. He's not like to go slow. Great vehicle. And Nathan St. Andre was there the first night, so shout out to Nathan St. Andre and his family. Too bad you couldn't hang out with us longer. So yeah. we arrive all the way down in Escalante, completely falling asleep on the road, tired. 1 a.m., maybe 2? Was it? it was around, yeah, somewhere between 1 and 2. It's somewhere between 1 and 2 a.m. We show up down there in the dust, and we don't know what we're seeing, and we know that Jeff and Nathan said they would be out, and we just find the walkie-talkie and meet up with them. But we were gone so long that they'd already gone out, Taken shots and gone back to bed, and luckily Jeff was still awake. Got out of his truck. I think we woke him up actually. Maybe that's good. He got some sleep then. He got. I think he got a little bit of sleep. I think they were expecting us to come around midnight or maybe even eleven. Yeah, no kidding. And they probably like finished up around twelve thirty and <laughs> headed like, back. Where the heck are they? Who knows? Yeah. So yeah. then when we finally arrived, Jeff's like, "Hey, you guys got an hour and a half or so till Astronomical Dawn. You want to go see yeah, where and we he was went?" Awesome to jump out and be like, "You guys got to see these places." We're like, "Okay." Yes. So he, 
he led us out there and we got some amazing shots and it was really cool. And Jeff, thank you again. I just say it right now. Thanks for being willing to go out there right then after all that because you made it so that we can get right to a cool location for a shot without having to scout it and not making the wrong mistakes first. You just guide us right to an awesome spot and we captured some amazing shots. Now, you were trying out a new lens this time. Yeah, I had just picked up the 50mm 1.2 L and it was... It's an amazing lens. I've wanted one since the first time I ever knew it existed. This lens is not a new lens by any means. It's been out, mm-hmm. being made for quite a while. And I was lucky enough to pick one up at the local at a local auction, so I got it for a good price. And so I was super stoked to try it out on some night stuff, you know. Because mm-hmm. I had the 50mm 1.4 I used um, for panos in the past. And they stitched together really clean, really clean images. So I was excited to get a little bit more light in. So. <laughs> Um, I did some initial test shots on it, and the the focus plane, which is the um, area in which you focus on, is like razor thin when it's oh. wide open at 1.2. And we're talking yeah, razor thin. I bet. But that also being said is that um, – which is razor thin is actually really nice. A lot of people like that aesthetic mm. um, to zoom in on just a specific thing and just having that razor thin – but what I also noticed is that the chromatic aberration, like when, when it because it gets blurry really fast. Oh. But there's some serious green and and pink blurring with oh. when it blurs out as well. So the bokeh is very colorful bokeh, basically. Well, that could be cool, yeah. It could be cool in certain situations, but in a lot of situations, you do not want that. So the last thing you want is um, green and pink hues showing up in your astro shots. Oh, you know, right. Yeah, no kidding. Good point. And so um, on the off uh, on the on the out of focus parts, when it was focused in the center, it was pretty clean, right in the middle of the lens. But off to the center, off to the sides, that's usually where it happens. It's it was pretty bad, and so I made sure. So I did plug my camera in and make sure that the profile was loaded for that lens, and that's supposed to clean some of that up. And then mm-hmm. also, um, I'm curious to see because I haven't processed a whole lot of pictures with that yet. So. I'm curious to see what Lightroom will do with that as well. Yeah. Because I had to stop it down to at least F2, and it cleaned it up quite a bit. And so I decided to shoot F2 for the Milky Way. So, um, yeah, it was pretty cool to see um, that guy in action. And when I first took my first shot at F2, 100 ISO. 100 ISO. 100 ISO. And in Mark III, 5D Mark III, 100 ISO, F2 with the 50 millimeter, and I think it was like maybe 15 or 20 second exposure. I got the Milky Way like clear. No way. And I was like, what in the world? Sitting there at 100 ISO, but because you're on that F2.0 lens, that 50 millimeter F1.2, and you're at Mm 2.0, you could see the Milky Way at 30, 20 seconds? Yeah, I think it was, I think maybe I did. 20, I, I got to go back and look for sure, but it's either 20 or 30 second exposure, which is, you know. Long, but not long. so long that it should be that clear to Yeah, I'm pretty ISO. sure the first shot was 30 seconds. I could see it nice and clear, but there was, you know, 30 seconds on a 50, you're going to get star trails. Big time. So the stars were probably, it was like having four stars connected, but in a string, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so it was pretty significant star trails. Then I toned it down to 20 seconds, got a little bit smaller than 15 seconds. And then I started cranking my ISO up. And at that point, I cranked my ISO up to like a normal 1600, 3200 range. And man, that sky was bright. <laughs> it was really nice. But the problem with the 50, of course, uh, even on a full frame, it's pretty zoomed in. Right, yeah. So you have to do a pano or of some sort, you know. But a pretty high quality pano. But the quality was pretty good. So I'm excited to put those. I haven't actually haven't had time to process those pictures. I just barely yeah, loaded them. Yeah, we barely got back two nights ago. <laughs> so I barely <laughs> loaded them in like the second night, I think, when I was home yesterday night. And so today I was playing with it a little bit. And last night playing with it a little bit. But I've literally only had like a couple of hours total in the last right three days. Two hours back. of play at all. Because I've had like kid duty and sick kids and family stuff and just yeah so it's just been crazy oh i hear you i've only pulled out my panorama of the aurora just to see how much was there and i haven't finished processing it yet. meanwhile we get back to the car and jeff's like oh i just worked on this check it out we're like what (laughs) are you serious yeah jeff's awesome he's got his laptop there and he's editing the image right away and he's showing us how it's looking we saw that image those of you in the facebook listener group saw brendan's image or Jeff's image of Brendan out right. there with his headlamp on. Right. And Jeff had that process by the time we made it back in from Dance Hall Rock that night. Yeah. And, and, so, then, he, and then I think he finished tweaking it like the first night he got home. Oh, yeah, right away. Because he doesn't have kids at home, you know. He can say hi to his dogs and then he can get to work, you know. 
And so we're a little jealous of that. But I think eventually we'll get there. You know, kids grow up and, you know, you have more free time and eventually. stuff. Eventually. So 18 years from now, we'll be good. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we'll be really good at it, too. We should be really good in 18 years at what we do. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so of all the places that we went, we started out at Devil's Campground. No, Devil's Garden. Devil's Garden. Yeah. Started out at Devil's Garden. We slept there in the truck after in the parking lot. Then we left the next morning and we went out. We were planning on going to Peekaboo, but Peekaboo right. was so nuts, packed with vehicles, and then people parked all the way down the road that shouldn't be parked there on the, off the trail. They were Ranger had to come sort that. Yeah, mess the Ranger out. had to come over and be like, "Seriously, uh, this is just crazy." Send people back. Got to go back the other direction. Go over there, park there, walk in. So it was nuts. We're, we were not going to go down Peekaboo, and I'm glad we didn't. Because that night was the night that we decided to go to the Arch. And Sunset Arch and Moonrise Arch, those are not far away, mm-hmm. but you're, you're hiking from a far away parking lot. And the parking lot, you can see the top of the arch, but once you go just 15 yards, you can no longer see the Milky Way. Yeah, no you like go down arch. into like a little valley and then, yeah. Yeah, it's just out of view. It's just out of, out of view because of the way the terrain is. So you're kind of walking blind in the daylight let alone walking mm-hmm. blind at night. So there's John that was already there, and then Rick and Dana showed up. So we get there, and they're going to Milky Way Photography too, and they've got an idea of where the Milky Way is rising, and we're just kind of – we offered in the beginning, I have some lights, we're going to light this place up using a low-level lighting with our Homeroyce Bear, and they were kind of on board with it, or at least John was kind of on board, but he had his own but plans. But they had their own ideas and no plans. But Rick knew Royce Bear, and so he knew about that. So right. he was okay with the low-level lighting. He was excited about that, Rick and Danis. Well, and Rick brought his own lights, too, to try it as yeah. well. So that was nice, because you go to a location, when you see other people are there, you get initially bummed. You're like, ah, oh, crap. I have plans for my shot. Right. I have plans to light paint. Are they going to allow it? Are they going to be cool? How do we compromise and work together with civility? And yet, luckily, we had it, but it was kind of funny because they weren't quite sure where the Milky Way was going to rise, and they were certain it was going to rise from here to here, and Jeff and I and Brendan, we just kind of yeah, chuckled. We knew when the Milky Way was going to rise, and rise over there. The arch was off to the left of it, and it would rise right in that gap. It was perfect, so we all set up, and we didn't have anything else to do, but they were trying to figure out where to go, where to put the cameras, and so they kept moving around, but... Because we kind of knew what we were doing, we just hung out there and watched Walter Mitty. <laughs> yeah, they were kind of scrambling to find their like perfect composition. It's just like, well, your tripod moves, so <laughs> you know you can once everything is up and running and the lights are running, the Milky Way's up, then move around and find the find your composition. You know, yeah. it's not it's not a huge deal. I think they were kind of, you know, maybe because we've gone out and done it a lot, that we kind of take it a little easier now, but. I yeah. think people that well, so Rick, for instance, told me that he'd only gotten one successful Milky Way picture before, and, and he's, he's been doing landscape photography for ten years, and only one successful Milky Way, only shot. one, one that he was happy with. Oh, that he liked, gotcha. And that was but that he said he struggled with three lenses before, and he thought maybe it was a lens, and I don't think it was necessarily the lens, but just maybe the settings and stuff, you know? Yeah, settings and practice. Yeah, and so I think it's just like because of that, you know, people just get kind of more like more serious about it, too yeah. over too serious really and so they try to get it make sure everything's perfect before it happens which is like you're never going to do that so <laughs> you know we know because we've learned yeah so when everything's up and running get your lights running the lighting was more important to us now because we're familiar with the way the milky way is going to rise what it's going to do we have photo pills we use that to our advantage yes and it's huge because we would always have we'd have the same questions when we didn't know where the milky way was you are scrambling to find out where what's going to happen. And you're worried that it's about to happen in a minute. And really, we had two hours until right. the Milky Way would even begin yeah, to so show the horizon. Yeah, so we can scroll horizon. through photo pills, and you're just like, oh, it's probably going to be in this position around midnight. So at 7.30, when we can, or <laughs> 11.30, we, when we can start seeing the Milky Way, right. we can even start composing then. But before then, it's all about the lighting, because that's that's our main concern now. It's like, okay, we got to figure out where the lights are going to go. So as soon as it gets dark, let's start playing with that. You know, Make sure the <laughs> lights are in the right position. And then the Milky Way will be will move in the position we want, and so it's a lot different now. It's come. It's, it's interesting how it's different. changed. It is. Yeah. And you found that other arch. You were going down there and saw the Moonrise Arch. You found it to be kind of photogenic, more than we thought it would be. Yeah. So we decided let's go down there. Let's try it out. Let's start over with our lights. And we already knew we wanted to light the large arch, but this other one's kind of a different conundrum. It was tight on the rocks. Rocks were leading up to it and kind of surrounding it on both sides. And then it was. A smaller hole in the window and just not as prominent as yeah, the other like the other arch, arch was clearly there, but it seemed like um, it was a more recent 
creation of an arch because so, there's still a lot of boulders leading yeah. into the into the bottom of the arch not as much erosion yeah but that also created us a, created a wall for us to backlight it and so we could try backlighting it and uh without that wall we probably have to put the light like way further back or something you know yeah which still might have been in hindsight still might have been a better option i've looked at the pictures compared to with the light on and light off and it's amazing what the backlight does for the definition of the arch mm. it's just the inside of the arch but because that bottom part gets lit and the rocks that are kind of in the middle of it that mm -hmm. haven't crumbled out yet because those get lit up it's so much better than it would have been mm. just plain. right right and part of the you know i i just love to wander around and get the environment because i always like to see try to find things that are um, from a different angle you know, because I, I saw three or four people plus us as a group in one place shooting the same arch so that'll all use the same lighting and we're all gonna end up with like the same basic picture. Oh, that right. doesn't really get me excited. That actually unexcites So me. this is a brilliant segue for crowd crowded area. We hated it. So why would you stay in Moab or Bryce Canyon or Zions Canyon, the crowded weekend of Memorial Day? So Joshua Snow was thinking the same thing. I'm not gonna stay here with all the Moab tourists. It's gonna be nuts over the weekend. Mm. So he's gonna he goes, I'm gonna take off to New Mexico and he takes a workshop down there only to find out. And we didn't know this was coming. We didn't even know what it was when we saw it. Mm. But there was an aurora that all of you probably have heard about the brilliant aurora that happened last weekend, and we actually could see it from southern Utah. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. He went too far south in New Mexico and didn't see it and was so bummed. But we we Ooh. really only saw the, re the red tip of it, mm. aurora, that was yellow to a gradient of pinkish red to a pink that goes out to the top, and then that's where it dis you know, disappeared into the sky. Yeah. What that band was creating of that yellow to red Northern Hemisphere saw both. More further down, saw a yellow band and some red, and a lot of red. And then those of us in like Colorado, like I saw pictures of, and us in our area, we only saw the pink band. Mm. And that's why it was on the horizon. It was the aurora. Because I remember thinking the second night, looking around, like this is supposed to be a super dark sight. How come I can see light on the horizon everywhere I look? There's like right? a light on the horizon, and it's like. How on earth is these? How because I can look look up and I can see the Milky Way and the stars super bright. Yeah. And how come when I see the horizon, I'm still seeing light? And it was tripping me out because I'm like, how is this even happening? Because normally, if you can see the Milky Way this brightly, you see nothing on the horizon. There's just dark, right? Yeah. So that was really trippy to see the light on the horizon, but then still like plenty of light in the sky. Dark sky for the Milky Way. Right. It was really weird. <laughs> it didn't resolve in the shots until we actually took the picture and then we could see the the pink and the green banding and stuff like that going on in those colors so it was crazy yeah and what we found in the night before that there was tons of air glow we also had the air glow here and this is mm -hmm. where we finally noticed what was the aurora but we didn't realize what it was at the time well what's crazy is i think some guy got a aurora spike in his shot when he was it's in my shot too you could see a shape of the ribbon overlapping that causes this little triangular brightness yeah it was nuts and it looked like maybe it was a car headlight it was better in his image up higher than what yeah. i could see because yeah. we went down so far from we them saw like this it almost looked like someone was shining a spotlight up yeah but i don't even think headlights could have been that bright no i'll show you it's the aurora i'll show you what it looks That's like in crazy mine. yeah I wish I would have recognized. I wish we could have recognized what we had at the time. Because the one yeah. arch that they were at, we would have moved the lights to the other side and faced north. Mm -hmm. We would have faced north and made sure we got that shot. We right. had we had no clue. Have you seen Nick Page's picture where he has the full arch yes. of the Milky Way going over that Palouse barn, that Palouse building and the hills? Well, he's got this arch that's going up and then ending in the pot of gold of yellow aurora with pink aurora. Right. We wouldn't have had quite the awesome aurora that he had. I mean, nothing like he oh, had. Oh, yeah, his amazing but shot. But we could have planned the shot composition around that, mm -hmm. but we had no idea. Right. But now, going forward, all of you listening to this and us, I mean, you start seeing weird colors in your sky work with them and make a shot composed around it even if you can't verify that night that it's anything significant that's not man-made or man-caused yeah take the shot get a composition because you find out the next day that it is aurora oh yes you got it you yeah because it. you know you know what clouds look like and at nighttime clouds are typically darker but when they're even when they're lit up a little bit you know it's a cloud yeah right we knew that wasn't a cloud this obviously was not a cloud 
It was just you could clearly see that there was here. there was no clouds in the sky at all. Yet we were getting like these ribbons of color and streaks of green and pink, and it was just almost like what we just didn't. It yeah. just didn't, just didn't register. It didn't register as possible down we that so far, far south, south. Yeah. in Utah because that area borders Arizona. Yeah, I mean Lake Powell was just like ten miles south of us. Right, we were just in that area. It's surprising that it happens ever. We know mm-hmm. it's rare, and we got fortunate to be out capturing the Milky Way during that time. Right. Wow, what a miracle. It was pretty cool. So that same night, we moved back up where up there with Jeff. They had a great shot. The way that the light was hitting our rock wasn't the, didn't have the same reaction because it was so mm. smooth compared to their rock. Their rock had a lot of different textures and in the daylight i thought made it look kind of ugly but at night when it's light painted it mm. looks really cool yeah. a lot of character yeah and so they had a really great shot we captured some of those real quick before we started heading back and we're talking headlamps brendan even forgot his headlamp i know he had to borrow one from rick so thanks rick i don't know what i was thinking i went out there yeah and i did not pack my headlamp in my bag you know we haven't said why your bag was so poorly packed because you started packing your bag, and then something tragic happened. Oh, I didn't tighten my water bladder inside all the way. His water bladder that he filled up two liters of water. So I put the water... Yeah, because I put my camera, my lens in there, it was heavy. It was pushing the bottom of the bladder, and all that water went to the top, and it started spilling over. It was horrifying. So my lap is wet, and I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> and then my bottom of my bag is sopping wet, and then my camera's in there, like, whoa. Oh, yeah. That scared me. When you pulled out your camera, it's like, why is my camera so wet? And it looked wet. Yeah. And then his button on his Tamron, like, the, the little plate that holds all the buttons for the VC and, and the, the autofocus and stuff, it was like off. dangling off for some reason. <laughs> like, it was, oh my gosh. It looked like. <laughs> I thought you were sitting in water, so I tried to grab your camera to like pull it out of the water from you so you can like clear off the water and then reach it again. But you're like, don't touch my camera. Like you didn't want me to move anything yet, which is good because I didn't want you to move the water around your camera either. So I just moved your bag and held your bag for a while while you figured out where the water was coming from. Yeah. So imagine a water bladder that's vertical and just a tall rectangle. At the very top of the rectangle is a big old, I don't know, three inch diameter screw on cap yeah. that you it faces front and because it gets so tight at the very end i just didn't you assumed it was, assumed there it was, was yeah i nice just locked just didn't double check it make sure it was tight all and the as way as soon as he sandwiched the water at the bottom it just came right out the top and poured i had no idea it was even happening so with your bag going getting all wet and even pull everything back out again i think that's why you forgot to put your light in now it wasn't yeah. in there originally it's just you were still packing but you got distracted by just well plus it was it dinner time too so we were packing and eating and drying then water bag. started sopping everywhere and it was just crazy so yeah so it's not a surprise that you forgot your headlamp yeah so i forgot my headlamp and luckily rick said hey i have a spare so i was like oh man rick you're awesome and find, come to find out that rick is actually practically a neighbor of mine right he's just so close to you that we had to drive four hours south and find out the guy taking shots next to me lives only three blocks from my house. <laughs> so, uh, Rick, if you're listening, thank you very much. That was very awesome. That saved me. I would have had to been like sidling one of these guys annoyingly to get back to the car. But it was. Headlamp. Let's let's tell this story because it's embarrassing to me. I don't really want to share the story, but let's share the story so everyone knows how it went down. Because Jeff will never trust me. Again. Maybe not. It'll take a while, maybe. (laughs) So, Brendan and I are hiking with Jeff back, and we know that if we go kind of towards Cassiopeia, the constellation Cassiopeia, we will be heading in at least a singular vector and eventually hit the road. Which you, of course, could point out, though. You knew what it was. Yeah. I wouldn't have If you said Cassiopeia, I wouldn't have known. You said the W. I'm like, okay, I can see the W now. I can clearly try to follow that. Sure. I was the wayfinder because I knew that that was where we needed to go to keep a good straight northeast path and eventually either hit the parking lot or hit the road that would guide us to the parking lot. After about 40 minutes of hiking, I felt like we're almost there. We've got to be almost there. And Brendan Mm -hmm. felt it too. And so we just kind of got hasty and started taking off a little faster than we've been. I, Brendan went to the right of the Cassiopeia. I went to the left. But when he was out that distance, you looked up and said, I'm going left to Cassiopeia too. So it was like your direction took you left of it. My direction took me left of it. But we were just kind of 
paralleling and different. Yeah, it's paths. almost like we went off with like a fifteen degree angle. Yeah, just a the little. The further bit. out you go, it starts getting really wide. And so I'm picturing the road is coming up. The road's coming up. Now we have a bunch of bushes with snakes in them, and I'm going around all the bushes that I can. There's open pathways that we're walking in the sand, mm-hmm. you know, going around the obstacles and up over hills. And so you look down, look down, walk around, then you look up and reorient yourself with Cassiopeia, then you look down, look down, and go. I got excited that I thought, okay, I'm really close. So I booked it for a little bit, and I started going around a bush, around another bush, around a bush, and instead of looking up at Cassiopeia, I looked up just straight. Uh, oh, there's a light over there. Mm-hmm. Someone's walking out there. That must be someone near the road. So I got even more excited. But I'm like, I don't want to walk directly at them because then I would have made them kind of scared that I was approaching them in the dark for no reason. And I didn't want to get scared of whoever they were. And so I just kind of avoided them and went to the right of them. I kept walking as fast as I could thinking I'm just right at the road, right at the road, up this ridge, up this ridge. up, And I kept going, kept going, kept going. No road, no road. So finally, I look up. Like, where's Cassiopeia? Where I thought Cassiopeia was, when I looked straight up, I saw the bulge of the Milky Way, which is directly opposite of Cassiopeia. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's the bulge. So I turn around, all the way around. There's Cassiopeia over there. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. How did I get turned around? I understand it's pitch black. I understand it's dark. And I have my head down. But... How did I, Aaron King, get turned around that much? I thought I was doing awesome. I was like, I was practicing in my head the hypothetical announcement of, I found the road. I'm like, right. I don't want to scare the person over there with their flashlight because I've got to find the road and yell at these guys. And I found the road. Turns out when I realized I was completely turned around, I started looking to see where I could find something. And I saw some light and it was towards Cassiopeia. And I'm like, oh no, that's not, is that? Like, hey, Jeff. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, he pretty much denounced uh, you being the leader. He's like, I'm following the blind. This is great. And I'm like, oh, man. I, I caught up with him. I'm like, okay, do you see Brendan anymore? He's like, no, I can't see Brendan. When Brendan's walking away, when anyone's walking with headlamps, you can't see their light. Now, Brendan's headlamp is smart. His actual headlamp has a light on both sides. Right. So we could have seen your red light on the back had you yeah, had your yeah, regular this one. little one that I borrowed only had a forward facing. Only had a forward facing. Yeah. Now it makes sense why you have both sides. Because when he's walking in front of us, looking forward, we couldn't tell he was there until he moved his head around but looking But with my big his... spotlight headlamp, you'd pretty much see, I mean, you'd probably see my silhouette. <sighs> I, you know? Anyone would have seen you for a mile. Yeah. With your regular headlamp, it would have been a million times better. Right. So now I'm realizing I just got lost enough that I did a full circle around Jeff. And now I'm behind Jeff, and I'm further to go to get all the way to the road, and I don't know where Brendan is. We don't know where Brendan – he could be anywhere. When I left from Brendan, we were veeing away from each other, and then I did that full circle. I thought Brendan was going to be a mile up the road that way. Mm. Luckily, the light in front of us ended up turning, and we saw Brendan, and we caught up with him, and my shame began. Brendan's HB, but I'm the guy who got lost and did a complete circle in what it was supposed to be a straight line hike. Yeah, so just probably thinking of a nickname for you now. He hasn't come up with one yet, though. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's probably thinking of one right, one right now. He's probably just thought of one right now, and he's going to tell me next time I see him. Hope you wait at least till the next time I see you and don't Facebook message me it. <laughs> <laughs> he might announce it on the Facebook group. <laughs> hey, HP. I just gave him an idea. Nickname. Oh, shoot. He's going to use it now. <laughs> So um, that night was nuts. Getting it was lost nuts. was nuts. That's what saved us? Definitely part of the adventure. What saved us in the end? So, What's his name? What, uh, so when I was when I was following, the, I was just trying to track the W as much as I could and go that direction, and then eventually I saw some yellow lights that could only be from like a car or something. Right. And, and we so, saw them too right away. Yep. So we saw those yellow lights up on the hill. Luckily, the parking lot was up on a hill, quite a you know significant hill, maybe 20, 30 feet above, like you know. The, place where we were so you could really see a bright light as it's shining so so hungry for adventure i beelined it for that light as much as i could while the light <laughs> well, the light seemed to be like on for a little while then off then on for a little while then off it's like oh man just i'm gonna beeline it for that light because that's got to be the parking oh light. absolutely and we saw it too i know his, his instagram was hungry for adventure okay. he and his friends had showed up late later than they expected really to be yeah at that parking lot and thank goodness they did because it just finalized our hike like okay it's right there it's basically 80 yards away yeah let's go then it was only a matter of minutes before we got to our car back to- <sighs> that felt good too yeah because when you're out walking around in the wilderness and it's pitch black and all you have is sandy dirt 
I mean, it was like it was like powdery sand too. It was like really yeah. soft, so it's hard to walk in, and it's, it takes extra power to walk on it. Plus, all you have is the same shrubs around you. They're exactly the same everywhere you go. Yeah, it's cr- pretty crazy. It was so. a crazy challenge going straight, following the stars, but then keeping your confidence that you would you'd actually gone straight because right. you start thinking we've hiked long enough. We should have seen something. Because if you're not, yeah, because we weren't checking our time either. So if you're not aware of the time. It seems like things take way, way and longer. And we have to start using your app more where you track our feet. It tracks mm-hmm. where we're walking, and we could actually see on your app, this is how far we had to go. Yeah, and the app works even without having a cell signal, which is great. Uh, yeah, thank So goodness. I really, yeah, you're, you're, it's true. I really got to start remembering that because it's such a great little app. And the cool thing is we can always export it to Google Earth and share that with you guys, which and would be also cool. you can see the stupid circle I did when I should well, have. If you put the app on your phone, yeah. I'll have to. I will. Because that's embarrassing. Yeah. Usually we're always walking together and it's not a big deal. (laughs) This is the first time we really split up and got like. We had zero trails. There was no option but just keep driving, keep driving on and going through. But I guess wrong. I guess wrong. Yeah. But we made it in the end. It was good. We drove back to. The, what, 25 minutes from that point to Dance Hall Rock through what felt like more crap road? This one's even more narrow. And it has the dips and the trenches where tires in the wet terrain have gone through Mm -hmm. through and messed it up. Yeah. I hated the terrain so much. Just the road out there was just so bad. I I keep thinking about Royce Bear coming out here with workshops and thinking that he comes out here a lot. And like, I don't think I want to come out there more than three times a year because (laughs) it's just the drive, the miserable drive. Can I get a a personal man drone to fly me out there, like an Uber drone that flies me from the beginning to the end? Because I'd love it without having that bumpy, crappy road rattle my brain and knock my heart out of position i think my heart has moved inside my body to a different location it rattled me so much good because now you can avoid assassins <laughs> yeah that's not where my heart is <laughs> jokes on you <laughs> it's just a flesh wound i'm still alive <laughs> ah that cavity's empty <laughs> i have no heart just like dick cheney so from there went to dance hall slept woke up and scouted one thing we've got to mention is that we have to get a trailer. We have to get a trailer or a cargo hold on top because everything we pack in the back, mm-hmm. at night we have to go and move into this Tetris position in the front two seats and on the roof of the car, and that is the only way we get any space to lay out our sleeping bags and sleep in the back. Yeah. And when you get home there and it's like 4 in the morning or 3 in the morning and you're ready to go to bed and you have to do all that work. Luckily, we only luckily we only have like the chairs and a couple bins each, you know, like it, it could be a lot worse. It like could we used to pack worse. like just crazy you know i bring my telescope and everything right and 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 i didn't have bins i was just throwing stuff like loosely bags like i'd have like five loose bags you know and whereas we're now i'm more compartmentalized because when i saw your bin i'm like oh that's a brilliant idea why didn't i think of that why don't i have a bin it's been nice yeah so just put the smaller stuff in bins and just move a whole bin and you're good so (laughs) so yeah but not at four in the morning the last thing you want to do is move these bins around and stack them on the car and uh, yeah it's just nuts so when you go to a park you should always look and see what they allow um, for camping we don't consider what we did camping we're just sleeping in our car (laughs) yeah. <laughs> so we're hoping, hoping that we were especially in kind when of a gray area there. three hours in that car it's pretty uh pretty yeah fair yeah so they don't mind us being out there at night and i i think if a ranger did approach us and ask us i think he'd be pretty cool with us just you know oh yeah you guys are sleeping in the car well whatever and if you wanted us to drive somewhere else you could have yeah we didn't have a tent was right there we were in the parking lot where we're supposed to be we're, we're off, the, spot. Pal- off we were, the path or yep we stayed like on the path the whole time and stuff like that and then we didn't have a fire so i knew I don't think we're really going to be harm. Yeah, pretty harmless. Um, about as low impact as you can possibly be, I think. So, Absolutely. and so yeah, uh, worked out really well to find that um, tree and not get hurt. And the, all the geogra- geology around there was just amazing. It's a really cool place. When you're in Escalante, you can't see some of these locations that are cool no. until you get right on top of them. Oh yeah. And even dance hall, you don't even know it's there. And dance hall was crazy because it's like this giant, like half dome, but it wasn't just a half dome, but it was actually like an, uh, it actually concaved in, like a big open space for a like an amphitheater, an amphitheater, or for a big band to play in, set up their instruments and perform. Yeah, because if they did acoustics. that, yeah, because if they wouldn't actually, yeah, so if a band set up, and I think it was what the pioneers did, 
is they set up a band at the bottom of the of the back of this rock, and then the the sound would just amplify out, <laughs> probably for miles. You know, right? Oh, I hear this in like a giant speaker. It's so cool. Yeah, it was an awesome place, an awesome place. So if those of you are wondering where we don't have our breaks right now, we're trying to avoid doing our breaks a little bit. From the survey results, we have had requests of maybe not doing the breaks anymore. For the most part, everyone's fine with the breaks. It's okay. It's a good time to get out and get a cup of coffee. But mm. people have also said not to try a break. So we're trying it, and I can't help but feel like we've just been droning on and on and on without that break, even though that break is so small. I still yeah. feel like we've droned yeah. on and so, on and on. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if, if you guys want to give us feedback on this. Um, let us know how you feel about the no breaks. If you want us to bring them back, it's easy for us to bring them back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So now let's talk about what went well in our photography and what we learned in our photography specifically from this trip. So in short, what went well for us was astrophotography this oh, entire yeah. weekend. And what yeah. didn't go well was any sort of landscape. Yeah. Nothing for landscape worked out, but that's great. I mean, when you go out for a new moon weekend, you're hoping that astro is what you can do and that there's no clouds in the sky and they don't get in the way. And every night we had that luck where there was just the clouds would just disperse and we were open yeah. sky all night. It was awesome. So what was one of the things specifically in photography that went well for you? Okay, so you know, photography is one one description I've heard of photography is you're basically capturing the light, right? Yeah. That's what photography is. It's capturing the light. At that moment, because because that's what your sensor sees is just the light, hmm. and so what went really well for uh, for me and for us in general was our lighting, because we were doing astro, we already were familiar with the settings our camera had to be in the lenses we have, and familiar right. enough with all those things that we were comfortable to go out and be like, okay, ISO this, you know, f stop this, you know, just, <laughs> yeah. just focus on a bright star out there and, or the moon before it goes away, and and get your focus right, and then once you're set, I mean, it's just like yeah, yes, yeah. you're good to go, right? But in we all were three locations, in, in all three locations, it was Devil's Garden. We had the light, one light going. Yeah. We had two lights going, uh, even three at one point over at Dance Hall Rock. And then at the Sunset Arch, we had two lights going on one arch, mm -hmm. and the other arch they just had one light going on it. Right. So right. everywhere we went, we lit up the scene. You have to because unless you light your scene, you're not going to have anything in your scene. It's going to be a black silhouette at best. Or right. black nothing if you don't have any backlighting. So that's the thing is you can get a Milky Way in and have a cool silhouette, and that's fine if that's what you're going for. But these rocks offer a lot more detail and would just a silhouette would not do it any justice, right? No, not enough, not and, really. And and the and in the tree in the hole in the rock at Dance Hall Rock, for instance, that one we really wanted light, you know. So we got all three lights out for that. And we even lit the dome thing in the back and we lit the side and we lit the tree and it was just a lot of experimenting you know the great thing is is we could experiment for a call, almost close to an hour before the milky way was in the position we wanted to be in and so it was really cool to get everything set up just right another cool thing about using low level lighting is that if you're there and you're set up and you're taking your shots someone else like will christensen can come along and be will like christensen will christensen you know <laughs> shout out for will um, hey, will we met him. We met him at the dance hall rock, and uh, he's a guy from Seattle. He's been taking landscape photography for a while, and it's not his day job, but he wants to transition and do this full time, kind of yeah, like us. Awesome guy. And so he does an animation for for three D. You and him know us. He's been the new the guy that worked together. together. Yeah. yeah. So it was pretty cool to meet him. And so um, shout out to you, Will. Hope you're listening to the podcast and welcome to the group. So when you're when you're there and someone like Will comes along, we can say, Hey, come over, come over here and get your composition set up, and you can go between me and Aaron and take shots too, and and it's great. He didn't have to set up anything different. We didn't have to do you know, anything special because they're already just up and running. And it wasn't messing up his eyesight to have that on. No. It's so dim. He could still see the stars. Yeah. He just kind of wanders in. And he, from any position he wants to capture it, he can capture the same scene. Right. And he actually started on the other side of the rocks um, initially, and we didn't even see him for probably like an <laughs> right. hour until we had gotten started. Like, oh, hey. And so then he, when he was done taking pictures over there, he came over and used our lights, and there was no problem. And a cool thing about that is that even though there was four of us there, we're all going to have completely different pictures just depending on where you're set up in your composition. Oh, yeah. I mean, and from, it's so neat how that happens. From Jeff's shot where you have the lines in the rock kind of leading lines right at the tree mm -hmm. to my shot where I almost have the rock kind of lost in the foreground and it's just this little bump leading to the big dip 
and the Milky Way lining up over the rock in the distance. And then yeah. you had sort of everything lined up um, on the right of the image, right? Yeah. Not so centered yeah. like I had it. Yeah. So it'll be cool to see what Will posts on his Instagram account since we're following him now. So that was pretty nice. awesome. So after all that, you know, effort and lighting stuff, it went really well. So the and so to sum it up, my lighting went really well. And so because my lighting went well, my pictures turned out really good. I'm so glad that we ran into Royce, that we got to know him better, got to see his techniques and and he really taught us a lot. And that has made I mean, I can't believe the difference it's been in just a year. Oh yeah. Where 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 some of these guys have spent ten years perfecting this kind we're of style. Really getting fortunate and to where build we're off really of lucky their... where we can just piggyback on all of his yeah. decades of knowledge <laughs> and do the next weekend and try it. You know what I mean? Right. And then all of a sudden our, our, we're taking our photography to the next level in just like a week's time because of people that are willing to share their knowledge like that. It's just priceless, really. <laughs> yeah, and all you guys can get out there right now and do it yourself. And those of you who've already tried, we've already seen your work on the Facebook listeners group. Everyone is getting better every week with this oh, stuff. Yeah. It's just it's awesome so fantastic. to see. Yeah. What went well for me was using Magic Lantern to try and get my stacking shots i know we talked mm. to mark g about the foreground and getting in 10 20 shots for the foreground mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was really nice to just let magic lantern run with it i told it to go for 20 images or in this case i would do a panorama and i would do seven images at least mm -hmm. and i would tell it to go for seven images set my settings and then go and it would just keep shooting that same shot and when it was finally done two and a half minutes later or whatever time it took to get those seven shots in mm -hmm. i would move my panorama then i'd start that again and all i had to do was just hold the shutter down halfway magic lantern would take over two and a half minutes it would do everything for me and all i had to do was just keep moving that camera when it was time and so that went really well i'm loving magic lantern i just i'm loving the hands-off freedom of magic lantern and not having to worry about the intervalometer hanging and dangling and programming it and possibly mix, messing it up right so magic lantern using it for stacking went really well i stacked every image i took except for some panoramas that i wanted to try just quickly and do a panorama that moment mm -hmm. for for instance, mm -hmm. the one with the Aurora, I didn't stack that one. I just did a quick one shot, mm, one shot, yeah, one yeah. shot. So that's too bad, but it'll be a high-res image and be really nice. Yeah. I just won't have the stacking to do in the foreground. Now, I'm scared. I'm very scared of doing my stacked panorama and piecing it all together and making sure that foreground looks awesome and getting that Milky Way good and having mm. it all sync up and having it all align. It's a lot of work, and I'm trying multiple apps, and I'll let you guys know what app I like the most, and so far I'm liking just doing it manually in Photoshop. Yeah. So was there anything that you learned from this trip that you felt like didn't go well and you learned to do it differently next time? The little thing that comes to my mind is the headlamp example. You know, even though something might try to throw you off, always try to rethink about what you're doing what you're and, and pack appropriately, you know? So even if it's, even if something yeah. kind of sides, gets you sidestepped, um, try to refocus on what your task is at hand because I, I easily, the water totally threw me off, you know? Yeah. And that seriously. threw, threw a wrench. And if I was out there like by myself and I forgot my headlamp, I would have spoiled the entire thing. I would have had to walk back before the sun got too low and I wouldn't have got the astro shot that I wanted. Because if I was out there by myself without a headlamp, there's no way. Yeah. There's no way I would have made it back to the parking lot. <laughs> you would have been I would have just, just like, I basically would have had to camp out there in the freezing desert, you know, night. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just would have been miserable, you know. And I would have been so ticked because the night was perfect to get mad, you know, Milky was shot. So <laughs> I was super lucky to be A, in a group and B, have someone like Rick, a neighbor, lend me <laughs> to yeah. be a really good neighbor and lend me a headlamp that he had a spare of. And what's funny is I had a spare or two of my own in my bag that I didn't bring. Oh, so yeah, I have two I of them, the and I only brought one with me then to yeah. that hike. Yeah. The other thing I learned is um, to explore your environment, to check out things. Um, you may be in a spot that, like, you know, uh, Jeff had wanted that art shot for a long time, and he knew exactly what he wanted his shot to look like. But I hadn't. I'd never been to that place before at ever at all, and so um, I was more than happy to go and explore. I got some really cool pictures with my phone. I tried out some macro shots with a two X on the iPhone Seven Plus. Yeah, on some really cool um, lichen and, and some of the, the you know rocks, rocks that and have stuff. like three points touching the ground. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. So I just explored and took pictures with my with my phone while my big cameras out there hanging out waiting for Astro. So. It was just a lot of fun, and that gave me an opportunity to find that other arch and explore that, and, and actually, 
um, wanted to try that one first. So and I, and I think we got some great shots out of there. So oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that also brings into what my didn't go well was is that the lighting, the lighting that went so well, and we loved it, and it worked worked so well. We also found what wasn't working quite well, and that was the dynamic light versus the flat light oh, yeah. of certain situations. For instance, the arch that Jeff had researched and was up there for, we had lots of room and space to pull that light far away mm-hmm. and go really perpendicular from the camera to that arch and bring out all the texture of the rock and bring yeah. it out really cool. All the character it was all in the shot. Our arch down below was one smoother kind of enclosed by all the other rocks Mm -hmm. and the worst part it was too close to a ledge and yeah the ledge was deep drop off yeah yeah if we wanted to do a far away light that would have had maybe that sideways view and given us a little bit more dynamic lighting on it it would have required us to go to the left side of the arch where the milky way would have been on the right side of the arch Mm -hmm. and we just don't like the idea and we talked to royce about it too just having the lighting Coming from the same direction of the Milky Way is so much more natural feeling and understanding for your mind and eyes when you see the picture. Yeah, you can imagine that's where the light is coming from, is the exactly. light from that bright Milky Way. So we stick with that. We stick with to the right of our foreground so that we have that lighting consistent with the Milky Way. Mm-hmm. And we went away from that at Dance Hall, but it still looked really neat because our subjects were getting lit by a different light source instead of the Milky Way. And overall, the image looks cool. Yeah. It's yeah. just not the same thing as what we were trying for in the arch. Right. And so when we had our Milky Way up and we had our light going on the right side of this arch, there was a huge ledge and drop off and we didn't have an option. And we thought we can bring it in closer. Even if it was in the frame, we could have cloned it out. But bringing it closer, you saw lowest possible setting, it yeah. still was too bright. Yeah. It just it got crazy bright. Yeah. And the closer we got, we maybe we painted the, the ground and the rock a lot. And now... You might be thinking, just tilt up your tilt up your light source so that it doesn't hit it with the full light beam, and it's more of a fall off mm-hmm. edge of the light beam. Mm-hmm. We are completely pointing to the top of the sky. I mean, we weren't at ninety degree angle or anything, but we were tilted way back, and the fall off wasn't hitting the ground as much as we could make it, and still hit the arch and yeah. light it up the way we wanted. And so even with that, we couldn't compensate for the fact how close that light was. So it didn't go well on that arch. Like the lighting is just so blown out. I have to do a lot of work on the light that's blown out from yours in the back. It's backlighting. Mm -hmm. And that underside of the arch is just white as ever. And then also mine. It's just so unnaturally extra bright. I wish Mm. it could have been more faint. Yeah, yeah. So the lighting is going to be a challenge in every location with depending on that environment depending on yeah exactly depending on what you have to work with i think that's why royce carries and i would think i'm going to start carrying one now too is a, a something that's really collapsible but expands to like an eight foot Ooh, really light stand tall? an eight foot tall Ooh. light stand so we need to find one that can go that high but this super compact that can collapse really small right so we can bring that with us because i'm pretty sure that that's why he brings one i think his even goes even higher 10 maybe even 12 feet so tall. just the distance height makes up for the distance life. i think so because remember when we were at uh, Mirror, so Lake. Mirror Lake, and he had that. It was super. It was over our heads. It was oh, yeah. at least t- eight to ten feet tall. But his was also as far as you'd want to put it, and high. Yeah. So having it high definitely gives the the perspective of a overhead light, which is what we're humans are used to: the sunlight, moonlight. And you know all that, that stuff, does right? help it too, because it looks more natural. It was on the left side of the subject, where the Milky Way is coming from. The right side at Mirror Lake, but mm-hmm. at Mirror Lake, we would have been in the water if we had to go on the right side. Right. So the option only was to be on the left side, kind of like our arch. Yeah. But because it was so high, it, it still looked good it. and it looked natural still. Low feels like it's a bike light or a headlight coming right. in or someone's right. flashlight. But when it's high, you think more natural. Like yeah. no one's 20 feet tall. Right. That's our trick. So if you get stuck, having to light from the left side or too close, going Bring it high. up higher. Yeah. So what are you gonna do? What are you gonna bring? I don't know. I've got a couple. I've got a. I've got a really small collapsible light stand. I just don't know if it goes very high. So I have to. Okay. I'll have to see. I'll have to fully extend that guy and play around with that. And because I know my light will uh will latch onto it. I think yours will too. So That's just a standard cool. screw thing. So at the top. Wow, that would be great. Yeah. So that was the really big thing that didn't go well for me. The other stuff went awesomely. Yeah. I really. 
I f- I'm excited to see how my post processing goes to make sure my yeah. images turn out. But as far as capturing the images, my compositions I liked, how things went work went with the lighting, everything was happy with. It was just the challenge of some lighting situations where the terrain stopped us from having more space. Yeah. Is there anything else that need, that you need to learn from this trip that didn't go well? No, I mean everything went. That's pretty darn smooth. I mean. Awesome. Let's jump right now into gear time then. Yeah. Um, so for gear time, I'm not going to talk about a specific piece of gear, but I'm going to talk about an app that you can add to your phone. You guys never heard gear. about this. Never heard about it once. Yeah, you never heard of PhotoPills because we didn't <laughs> mention it earlier today. And we haven't mentioned it constantly. And now you see it on our Facebook page, our Facebook listeners group, and on Instagram. And uh, maybe somewhere else. We'll see. So, I mean, there's so many tools in here, too. Just when you go under pills and you just have this this scroll down, you've got like all these little modules and each module does something different. I mean, it's so great to pull this thing out and hit night AR, go to your location and then just see, okay, where's Milky Way? Use your phone to view it and you scroll through the time and like, okay, 1130, this is right where I want to be. <laughs> but this, I mean, it's fantastic. This is going to be an integral part of my gear now. You know, I'm gonna, I literally use this every time we went out this last weekend. Right. And I will use it more and more. Super cool. Um, Raphael Pons is just a stud for making this. And I know it's only getting better because he's got updates that he's uh, constantly doing. And um, super awesome app. And if you don't have this app, make 10 bucks, mow someone's lawn, do what you can to, well, yeah. to, to pay for it because it's totally worth it. If you don't happen to win our contest by July 7th because you're not the top three in that, you can just submit your image to Jeff over at Photo Taco. Oh, yeah. You have three more chances there to get a free copy of Nice, nice. So it's a good time. It's a good time for that. I wish I would have had a chance to compete myself. Yeah. So for the tip of the week this week, this is something that saved us a little bit. I would say not entirely because it was after this that I got lost, but I want to show you guys an app that I use called Pocket Earth. Now, I do not recall the price, but Pocket Earth allowed me to download a bunch of topographical maps that could be in the area of Utah, and I have it on this iPad at all times. We had the iPad with us because we watched Walter Mitty when we were up there waiting for the Milky Way. I mean, even Rick commented that, hey, you guys are just not as concerned about this. Your old hat's at it. And so we were sitting there watching Walter Mitty and just not in any way worried. We're just waiting for the Milky Way to come. Just it was fun. So here is this app. It's on my iPad, Pocket Earth. Brennan shows me it's $4.99 to buy. The maps, you can load a bunch of maps from all over the place. I've loaded specifically this area. I have all of Utah and all the surrounding areas cached in here so that I can use these at any time. Now, what was the big tip is that we were walking for quite a ways and we weren't sure where we were. You look at Jeff's phone has Verizon. It doesn't quite give us a pure signal of where we're at. Brennan's phone doesn't give us any signal on AT&T and I had T-Mobile and we had no signal between us to actually see where we are at on the map. We just knew where our GPS coordinates were. So you look in the GPS coordinates but you don't see any graphic on the map or you don't have any satellite footage cached. Well, you have no idea exactly where you are on the map. Thanks to the combination of Brendan's compass on his iPhone saying the GPS coordinates and typing them into this app, thanks to this app, Pocket Earth, we were able to locate exactly where we were. In fact, once we typed in the coordinates and put them in there, it loaded in a zoomed-in section that showed the trails, it showed the road, right. and it even put in there the parking spot that we knew we were parked at. And so we had an exact understanding of how far we were from the arch in the parking lot. So we knew we were getting this. close, and we were actually quite close. Yeah. <laughs> so we weren't so far and off. It's part of the reason why I was so like reckless when I walked as fast as I did, because I'm like, I just keep walking straight, I'll hit the road. At worst, I'm a little further south on the road mm-hmm. i did not expect myself to do a full freaking turn yeah because you did that turn after we had already seen ourselves on the map yeah and you think yeah. i wouldn't have made that mistake but i did but this crazy. is crazy it was awesome to do this it zoomed right in it mm-hmm. showed everything we needed and it gave us an elevation line on the topographical map and showed okay we go up a little bit more and over that ridge is the road and yeah. so we got comp we got comfortable knowing we were heading the right direction and how to get there it even on brendan's compass you can see an orientation where we're looking and on this you hit the button and it gives you a direction and it would just so use the compass the, the, iPad and the compass. Too. Yeah. yeah it doesn't have gps coordinates it doesn't receive that it doesn't have that information but it knew at least which direction i was facing right and so once the map oriented saying hey you're in this spot on this near this road we could face the right pathway for the parking mm-hmm. lot and it worked awesome so 
Working in tandem, the pocket earth with no GPS, no cell phone signal, but Brendan's cell phone having GPS and information there, we were able to find out where we were and we weren't completely walking blind. Right. So I recommend getting pocket earth or an app like that so that you can keep track of where you are. If you don't go for the gold, which is what I want to get is that cool watch that Thomas Heaton has. It has a hiking watch. You can load your hiking trips in there beforehand and it just shows you whether you're on the path or not. Mm, So if I wanted to go from that parking lot all the way out to the arch and I figured at home for Google Earth exactly how I wanted to get there, I could map it out, send it to my watch and that watch would guide me on that exact path that I figured out on Google Earth. Wow. And then it would get me there on the way back too. So I really have to invest in that watch. So that's a secondary tip. Buy that watch. We'll find out what the link is We'll share with you guys. Cool. So, hey, thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. We tried it without any breaks. I personally like the breaks. I like having that really everything gets focused in, and then we kind of talk again out in a refocused mode. But, uh, mm-hmm. hey, let us know what you guys think if you prefer to going nonstop. Right now I'm listening to an hour and 36 minutes raw footage, but when I'm editing this, it'll come trimmed down, so maybe it'll be great, and you guys won't even care or notice so right thanks for listening thanks for checking out our patreon page thanks for checking out our survey keep going to our survey i will link that again on these show notes there's a survey for the listeners any of you have about two two to four minutes everyone said it was really quick to answer all the questions help us know where you come from why you like this off this podcast what you're looking for more from content from us and how we can make the podcast better please go to that check it out let us know cool thanks guys have a good week see ya